Let's take a quick break and hear from today's show sponsor. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach can be a slow and brutal process. And in many scenarios, it's just wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller, especially when business owners who are trying to find qualified buyers are using inaccurate and outdated data. But it doesn't have to be this way. With LinkedIn Sales Navigator, your organization can overcome these challenges by leveraging this amazing technology and platform that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights and sales. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to much better outcomes like build and bigger pipeline with real customers leading to higher win rates and conversions, and of course, larger deals and paydays all around. We call this deep sales and LinkedIn has built the first deep sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn sales navigator. Right now, our Millionaire Mindcast family has an amazing opportunity to try LinkedIn sales navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com forward slash mindcast. That's linkedin.com forward slash mindcast for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com forward slash mindcast and get started. What I'm trying to figure out, we have money market deposits at an all-time high. Yep. We have people starting to switch out of treasuries because they're kind of feeling like the interest rate cuts could be coming at some point sooner or later, and bonds have an inverse relationship to interest rates. So this perfect storm is starting to brew. So the stock market and the bond market are pricing in a, a Fed pivot, which I don't think is going to happen. I can't make a decision still on whether they're going to raise one more time and then pause or if they're going to pause and continue to pause. What's going on, guys? Welcome into today's episode of Money Moves. As always, up, your host, Matty A., my co-host, Mr. Breedwell. We cover all things stocks, real estate, investing, and personal finance to help mm-hmm. you on your march to that millionaire status and beyond. If you are new to the show, welcome. Welcome. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss another episode. We do have these videos up on YouTube for you as well, so check them out there. And if you enjoy anything that we talk about, all we ask is that you leave a review in iTunes. It helps us continue to include more amazing people like yourself in these money conversations. Don't forget to take advantage of your free financial x-ray. Mr. Breedwell and his amazing team will do... We'll take a look at what you're currently doing with your investment portfolios or your um, insurances. We'll take a review at them. Again, the main thing, it's happened so many times this week. Uh, We have people that don't know what fees they're paying. Um, That's the biggest thing. Yeah, yeah. Some of the biggest, if you are at places uh, like Ameriprise or UBS or any of those other places that are high quality financial institutions that could never find a way to sue me. Um, Those are places you want to check and see what your fees are because you have to remember as an investment advisor, we have to bill you and put everything on your statement. So, you know, to the penny, as you've seen on your statements, month, year, you know what you're paying. When you work with a lot of broker dealers, um, they just don't have to tally up fees the exact same way. So I was just looking at an account the other day a um, little north of a couple accounts, a little north of $5 million each, and they're paying almost 2% in fees. Ooh. I mean, that's like, 
holy crap, uh, expensive. And it's all tucked away in expense ratios. And some of them are actually loaded, meaning there's front end loads on the mutual funds, which is insane on accounts that big. So well, and just he, things you don't know, and yeah. it's free to find out. And then when you put them, normally what we'll say is, this is what we would do. Look at how much more money you can make because you're not paying all those layered fees. And we have a more proactive approach to our risk uh, management or asset management. So um, those are the things that you would find out. And we have a high success of helping people and changing people's financial trajectory because of that. Yep. But you don't know what you don't know unless you have a third party that's not me, not your current advisor or your current company. And they're just going to say, this is what you're paying. This is what it's going to do. Here's the percentage of that plan working. And it's very black and white, cut and dry. That was the biggest thing for me when I did the X-ray. And for those that are wanting to take advantage of this, this is completely free. We offer this to all our Millionaire Mindcast listeners. Just text the word X-ray to 844-447-1555. You'll get to connect with Ryan and his team. But I think that was the biggest thing for me. I was like, half of what you just said, I don't understand. Found out your old advisor had like complaints filed against yep. them, all sorts of like stuff. He was like, what? Well, and there was just a bunch of additional things that weren't explained to me properly and I didn't really understand that you really just put in layman's terms and then had an actual plan that I could physically see. Yeah, not just investments, and what comb can the investments do? That really made sense to me. So that's that was one of the main things that I really appreciated about Ryan and his amazing team is they, they really do go through, take the time to really break down exactly what it is that you have, mm-hmm. what it is that you're paying, and then also to give you kind of a side-by-side of what it could look like if maybe certain adjustments were made based on what your goals are. So okay. that's there, that's available. Feel free to take advantage of that if you want. As well as all my credit investors, if you're looking for passive income and deal flow, take advantage of getting on my deals list. I got one coming out here in Q2 that I cannot wait to share with you guys. And let's just say it is in the spirit of making money. Stay tuned on that one. But you can get on the list by texting the word deals to 844-447-1555. You like that? Ah, the spirit of making money. Hey, we're all in the spirit of making money on Money Moves. That being said, don't forget to take advantage of all the great tools and resources we have available for you guys at MillionaireMindcast.com. The new store is up. It's live. It's got all kinds of great stuff for those of you who are really looking to take your financial freedom goals and the tools that you use, net worth tracker, financial statement tracker, all different kinds of things that will really help you, uh, feel free to check that out. All right, so for today's discussion, we got lots of updates in terms of what's going on in the market. We'll get mm-hmm. your take on that. We got unemployment. We've got um, inflation data. We've got all kinds of stuff that are coming out on job openings. And so you're going to be giving us your take on how the market is looking at that and mm-hmm. pricing that in and what some of the risks and concerns are and or some of the good things that are happening that many people might be overlooking. And I think one of the biggest topics of conversation that has really been um, spotlighted in the media recently has been, is the dollar, the US dollar falling off as the reserve currency of the world. And I've been sending you lots of stuff, which you've been so kind and generous by giving me your very candid thoughts on, by the way. I and think, I think yeah. it'll be something that's important for people because I, I'm, I'm getting more and more people that are sending us stuff Nobody about sends it. me stuff because they don't want no smoke. <laughs> They're concerned about it. So <laughs> we'll be talking about the strength of the U.S. dollar and some uh, of the things that funny. you can either be worried about and position yourself for or don't get caught up in headline news 
and continue doing what you know best is aligned with your investment goals. And of course, lots of updates in terms of what's been going on in the housing market. So that being said, this last week, Mm -hmm. before we dive into what's been going on with some of the data reporting, um, White House is talking about an additional Ukraine assistance package to come this next week. Yeah, they're also talking about how they're uh, putting out a new transgender holiday, which I just want to take the stand and say that I think that's a load of bullshit. Ridiculous. I don't care about what your uh, life choices are because as long as they don't affect me or have implications on my life, but the stuff that unfolded, um, you know, that the timing of it was just poor. I mean, if the White House wants to come out and do that, it takes about two brain cells to figure out a better time than when a uh, domestic terrorist, that's what you are when you do that kind of stuff, uh, takes advantage of children and uh, teachers at a private Christian school and uh, murders them in cold blood because uh, she has a mental illness. And yes, I said she because it's a woman. Um, Three so yeah, days later, they keep, keep that in mind when you're when you see the state of everything that's going on. This is the problem when politics become uh, kind of like gangs. It's a common sense just goes completely out the uh, window. There's a lot of the transgender community that are normal thinkers and they are not for that kind of stuff. Just like there's a lot of uh, homosexual and bisexual um members that are not for um, those type of people grooming children, which is getting more and more common. So just wanted to go out and make a stand and say something about that. We have a platform where we can get heard. And I think it's important that you understand uh, the professionals and people in your life where they are. And I definitely take a stand to uh, back and do what's right for children. And I could care less if, if it rubs you the wrong way, if you're a client of mine, if you're considering being a client of mine, hit the eject button because I don't care. It's coming down to morals at this point. It's just getting really kind of, it's getting really whack. And the current administration, regardless of how you vote, is just shitty. And I'm, I'll be the first one to say it. And um, it's, get, it's just really sad, kind of the stuff we're dealing with over the past couple of days. It's pretty wild. So sorry to take it off onto the personal stuff. I know we're talking about finances on money moves, but this kind of stuff can affect your money in the long term. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, when you think about the policy and who's creating a lot of the policies um, and a lot of the ideology that's rooted in certain policy makers, it really goes far beyond your bank account. Yeah, and we have a mental health illness in the United States. There's not an equity problem. There's not a equality problem. Um, people that are spewing that crap are completely coming out of left field with a, with a bunch of stuff. And it's so crazy because it's almost like the shoe was on the other foot and it was, uh, we'll use the chip of, it was hard to be an African-American uh, coming up in the United States um, because you were supposedly looked down upon and and that kind of stuff. And I'm not just pointing out one uh, ethnic group or racial background, but now it started to become where if you're a white male, that's almost the most evil thing you can do. And um, I think it's just becoming a little bit ridiculous. Uh, some of the stuff I'm seeing, I've had people tell me that I have white privilege, which is just ridiculous. Um, you don't know how hard or what I've done to grow my company or make my business what it is. So um, go get a job. Stop complaining. Um, those type of people are never going to be successful in the long term. And um, I just hope we can make a turn pretty quick and people are starting to like on both sides, people are starting to see what's really uh, kind of going on. Yeah, I would say for, for some change. most of the people who listen to our podcast, right, are obviously capitalists or entrepreneurs or individuals who look at 
hard work and, you know, getting out and earning what it is that you really want, not just getting a hand out or a hand up for it. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, when you think about everything that's going on in the country, it can be pretty heavy at times. And at the same time, I think there is probably more so of an opportunity and a platform for real leaders to step up and to show up and to do and say what it is that sometimes may rub certain people the wrong way. And yet in those times, I think it's more necessary than ever. And I think we're unfortunately in those times, but let's move more to to a lighter (laughs) uh, topic in terms of, yeah, money topic. We have the inflation data that came out this last week. Yep. And we saw that we were, PCE was a beat. Was, it was uh, about better than expected. Yeah. 10 basis points below, which it's normally, that's like, that was, would be not a good thing, but it's, it's, what it leads the Fed to do based on the data. So sometimes bad bad news is good news. Uh, that was similar in like in 2020, we were looking for the same thing. The more bad news that came out, the more they were going to print money. And so that was kind of the, the thing, same thing there. What I'm trying to figure out, we have money market deposits at an all-time high. Yep. We have people starting to switch out of treasuries because they're kind of feeling like the interest rate cuts could be coming at some point sooner or later and bonds have an inverse relationship to interest rates. So this perfect storm is starting to brew. So the stock market and the bond market are pricing in a, a Fed pivot, which I don't think is going to happen. I can't make a decision still on whether they're going to raise one more time and then pause or if they're going to pause and continue to pause. My hope is that they pause and they let things kind of play out. Well, with the beat, right, you got point point four was expected. It came in at point three. We're at 4.6% year-over-year inflation. So it's not as bad as a lot of people are saying it has been or is still currently. Therefore, it could lead to the Fed saying... Maybe we do. Well, you pause got people for a little like bit. Peter Schiff who are coming out and they're like, oh, okay. oh yeah, now from now on, all the inflation numbers are going to come out hot. And it's like, how can you say that when 30 days ago we were at six point something percent year over year inflation and we're here almost 100 plus basis points down, mm-hmm. continuing trend down? Um, we did have OPEC meet and they did decide, um, independent of what the US would prefer. Uh, to cut oil production, which is going to spike the prices because it's going to uh, tighten up demand. And we saw oil jump back up to around $80 a barrel today. I'm not sure where it um, ended, but energy and utilities were leading the uh, market today by a very wide, wide swath. That's why you saw the Dow up almost 1%, or if not 1%, S&P up about 30 basis points, and the NASDAQ down about, I think, 60 to 70 basis points. This was on Monday. Um it's a very interesting time, but it looks like people are rotating out of, like I said, some of the tech names, even though I still own some of them for my clients, and going towards names that are going to be resilient during uh, higher and stickier inflation than some are may, may, uh, might be expecting. And it's just the, the tech companies aren't going to be able to make the type of money they were making in the yeah, past I mean, 10 years because it's the money costs too much. And the landscape is just different right now. It's completely different. And... Um, you have names that have had super, super aggressive recovery, like NVIDIA, uh, like Palo Alto Networks, like Facebook, Meta. Um, and you have to be careful jumping back into those names because those a lot of them, and I'm thinking like particularly maybe NVIDIA might have another kind of 
pullback time because they're very much integrated into selling people um, like graphics cards. That's that's their main business, and and things are moving away from graphics cards and stuff like that. And they're mm-hmm. they're more going on to like virtual reality, augmented reality. How can this help the image processing for that type of stuff? Um, and and it's kind of anybody's guess who's going to be the winner of that right now. I know AMD made a decision a long time ago to really get ready towards that and sacrificed company growth for like, and let NVIDIA kind of take that cake. Mm -hmm. But I think now like, and this is a specific um, company we're talking about, they're so entrenched in that they have very narrow moat coverage, meaning they're really if this business sector doesn't do well, there's not a lot of revenue to be generated mm-hmm. by the company. And that can cause an aggressive pullback, especially when if they do need to get money on the shorthand, they're going to have to lend it and they're going to not be able to get it at zero or half a percent right. or one percent. They're going to be able to have to pay money on that. That's yep. going to come off their balance sheet. So um, interesting times. I was saying this last year, all year, and it's even more so now. Um, important, but you have to buy quality when you buy the majority of your investments. It's okay to speculate with a portion of your portfolio, but having a hundred percent of your money into like meme stocks or uh, technology names like Tesla or NVIDIA or Snowflake or things like that, those are prudent in the short term for small pieces of your pie so that you can have a higher than normal rate of return. Mm-hmm. But when you're so used to like winning at the casino, you never think you're going to lose until you lose. And then you go in again, you lose again. And there's a reason that the casinos always end up making money it's yep. because that euphoria takes a hold of you and, and squanders your judgment. So um, diversification, buying quality, don't be afraid to have a couple of those ETFs in there. Have a couple of ETFs in your portfolio. It's not a huge problem. Um, it's it's okay uh, to to just be diversified, not have to over speculate on anything. And just playing the long term game, like you said, right? Correct. I mean, <clears throat> of course, there's going to be short term, you know, opportunities to come up big, or short term, you know, seasons where you might be coming down a little bit. But mm-hmm. playing the longer term game with a longer term lens. I think is ultimately where people win the wealth game, yeah. the money game you did not, as a whole. You did not pick a 12-month period of your investment career and say, if it doesn't go good in this 12 months, I'm done, right? Right. I'm hanging it up. Um, that's just not how you do successful investing. You say, this is going to work. This is how I'm going to do this. This is the way it's going to work, and I see it working. So if I can, if I do these things and I don't execute, how can I go back to the drawing board and tweak things so I can get back to the or get to the point where I'm executing and I'm dominating and then I become the person in my in my field and I'm the expert in my field and I'm teaching other people. Um, but it's not this, I, I always say it, this like slot machine mentality, you know, yep. this isn't working. I'm going to go on to the next get rich quick thing. So in the week ending March 25th, the advanced figure for seasonally adjusted initial claims was um, up to 198,000. We're starting to hear more and more, you know, larger tech companies still, right? Not your McDonald's announced some layoffs today. Uh, we're we're hearing more companies yeah. starting to tighten up a little bit, you know, get a little bit more stringent in terms of the work from home policies and pulling people back in. So, in terms of unemployment, 
what's the overall thoughts around where it sits at and where it's trending towards and what are you paying attention to on that front? Well, we're at historical low inflation levels. I think we're at inflation. Good Lord. Uh, unemployment. <laughs> yeah, I wish. Uh, unemployment uh, percentage. I think we're about 3.5, 3.6, somewhere in there. Um, we're not going to remain and just keep at a historically low level forever and through multiple different um Presidents in the past, we've had varying rates of unemployment. There's no issue if the unemployment rate went up by another 1% to 2% and got to a normal range. It's okay and normal for us to have around 4 to 5 and a quarter, maybe even 5.5% of our um, population unemployed and looking for jobs. You have to remember some of that percentage is also going to be people that are temporarily unemployed. And so it's not like a, hey, this is 100% of the people that are actually on benefits right now long term. Yep. Um, so I do think the unemployment rate is going to go back up. I do think the second it goes back up, even by the skin of somebody's teeth, the media is going to jump on it and talk about how unemployment spiking again. And it's going to cause a you know, rise in short term decisions being made by people and it's not really going to pan out to be anything in the long run because it's okay for unemployment to go up by another whole one percent and we'd be back into a normal range so that's where people need to be i said it the other day on my twitter you have to be so careful where you get your investment information from because i mean we have i can go on twitter and just go through the finance section and just there's people posting charts and talking about how oh yeah you see the the MAC, the MACD is this, and RSI is this. If it was that easy, everybody would be rich. It's not. You can't just look at lines on a chart because I do it all the time, and sometimes it means something, and a lot of times it doesn't. You can't, you can't make decisions based on what's happened in the past off of a brand new consumer in a totally different year doing totally different things. The other thing I've been seeing a lot of is everybody talking about how Every time the Fed pivots, there's been a recession. Well, yeah, but there's never been a recession during the time of high inflation like we went through, no matter what the current administration wants to say, it's not a recession. It 100% was. And we've never been in a time where we had high inflation, so we're going to cut rates to get back in line. So I don't think that it's very accurate to say, oh, look at all these run-ups in the market. The stock market didn't run up for the past 15 months. It hasn't. It's actually done quite the opposite. And so to say, well, look at what this has happened in the past, there's going to be a Fed pivots. And right after the Fed pivots, historically, we have a pullback in the stock market. Well, sure. Um, but you also could get a, you know ninja loans back in 2006. And you had hundreds and thousands of internet companies that existed in 2000. And you had another thing that happened in the 90s. And you had that other thing that happened in the 70s it's not relevant anymore. It's already done and gone and things mm -hmm. have changed. A 2008 crisis can't happen again. It just, we don't underwrite loans for people like that anymore. So it's, it's, it's as exhausting of a narrative to go through as people talking about the housing market uh, crashing. And I think there's been a lot of spotlight on commercial um, real estate prices right now because, <gasps> shocker, people are more people working from home. So there's, they're giving up the leases and so you have to repurpose a lot of this um, these buildings, these yeah. sales forces are not going to have 81 floors of employees on them anymore. No. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think we're just going through a, a it's a shift. It's, it's a transitionary shift. Yeah, I mean, AI is when the fucking car came out, people were freaking out that owned horse farms. Yep. And I mean, AI is bringing in a whole different layer. The pandemic brought in a different shift. 
And now there's the, you know, as, as people react and the pendulum swings one way, you know, as time plays out, generally it finds a way to swing back in some way until mm -hmm. it starts to find its, you know, equilibrium somewhere in the middle. We're kind of getting to the tail end of that. It feels like on the pandemic. Now you got AI coming in and bringing a whole new different mm -hmm. challenge and opportunity to the labor and the workforce. So I, I think it's you, you got to keep a cool and calm head when you're looking at a lot of this stuff and also know that it just doesn't happen overnight, right? It, it really does take some time to play out. Real estate, obviously, way more time than, yeah. you know, the, the stock market. Read like, it online. It's old news. And as, I don't as, know how to make that as clear as, as the bell. As you've said it before, thank God in real estate, you know, there's not a ticker for real estate because... Best thing we got is the K Schiller. Yeah, and that and that's usually ninety day. days of data in arrears that we're all sifting through and kind of you know playing catch up with. So, I think there's definitely some opportunities that are going to be coming. Like you said, if you're in commercial office, being the most obvious one, a lot of you know opportunity to repurpose. You know, creatively, some of those spaces mm -hmm. we're seeing in you know the multifamily sector. There's more multifamily houses under construction than any other time in history right now. So depending on when that's delivered and the only uptick in terms of dangerous delinquencies that we've seen from Black Knight data has been on multifamily. Are you interested in boosting your income by an extra $50,000 this year? If so, you're going to love what I've got in store for you. I am beyond excited to officially announce an incredible opportunity to join me in my exclusive mastermind, which will include myself and 25 other hand-selected investors who are actively pursuing commercial real estate in 2024 and want to be held accountable to making sure they buy their first or their next commercial real estate investment property that will net them a minimum of $50,000 a year. This mastermind group will not only teach you how to do that, how to find, how to analyze, how to structure and buy these types of commercial real estate investment properties, but you'll also have an opportunity to be a part of an intimate group of high achievers that are going to take your network and your resources to a whole nother level. But here's the catch. Like I mentioned before, this is exclusive. We're only selecting 25 ambitious individuals for our founding members group who are serious and ready to take that next step in their commercial real estate investing journey. So if you are ready to increase your passive income by at least $50,000 in the next year with commercial real estate investing, then this is your moment. These spaces are gonna fill up fast. And trust me, this is the one and only time to be a founding member, which comes with some pretty special benefits. So head over to myfirst50k.com and submit your application now. Again, that's my first. 50k.com. You can head over there, check out the program, see everything that it entails, submit your application to join, and I can't wait to connect with you soon. So there could be a little bit of a storm brewing on multifamily as it obviously was super frothy, way overbought. Yeah, obviously overbought. shelter and rent prices and, and housing being such a critical piece of, you know, our human nature as it being a, a complete necessity. It was, it, it, it was the safest asset it. class during yeah. the pandemic when you would normally buy at a six cap, they're selling at three, three and a half caps. 
of course that had to get to a point where as rents started to soften up a little bit, as more inventory hit online, right? We saw caps starting to expand a little bit and that's probably going to swing back. But again, I don't think there's going to be anything catastrophic there. Nope. That being said... Just bad operators getting exposed and good operators taking advantage of it. Yep. And, you know, right now, based on where the single family market is at, I mean, many homeowners including a lot of baby boomers who locked in record low mortgage rates yeah. in recent years, they're not in a rush to sell their house. Yeah, so no, we're if not you, refining either. No, I mean, there's no point to do that. So, you know, inventory in single family, at least April 3rd, weekly update, inventory decreased 0.8% week over week. It's still over 50% lower than where it was pre-pandemic levels. So again, not really any concerns there. Now we're seeing, you know, pending home sales. They've actually, based on February's numbers, they rose modestly 0.8%. Now they're down 21% year over year. But again, we knew things were going to slow at some point as rates started to tick up last year and now have they played you know themselves out to where we're at today we've just seen the velocity of transactions slow down but pending home sales are still relatively strong and stable based on what inventory is actually hitting the market and getting absorbed into contracts so no concerns there mortgage rates are you know between six three and six five right now depending on you know where you decide to lock in mm -hmm. i thought this was you know an interesting stat or or i guess comment was uh this is from nadia evangelou who's a, a senior economist for the national association of realtors and she said although there were some calming in the market after a recent uh bank shock which obviously that that narrative where'd that, that was go? A load of bullshit. That was like I've been saying. That was fast I, to, I told, to come and fast to go. I told everybody that that was not <laughs> going to be anything. But it obviously created some ripple effects, and you know mortgage rates continued to drop after that. Mm -hmm. According to Freddie Mac, the average rate on a thirty-year fixed mortgage fell to three uh, six point three two percent from six point four eight in the first week of the year. Um, thus, buyers were able to lock in a lower rate by the end of the first quarter. Meanwhile. We're midway through the transition. I think this also ties into what I am seeing in terms of maybe job openings and the unemployment rate, you know, being as low as it is. We're halfway through what they're calling the transition of baby boomers into retirement. One of the most interesting generational trends. This trend has already impacted the real estate industry. According to NAR, baby boomers dominate the housing market, representing the largest group of home buyers and surpassing millennials. This demographic shift is bound to be observed in the real estate market for the next decade. About 20 million additional households will be older than 65 years old by 2030 yeah, that's with sober nearly 80% of them mm -hmm. owning their home. 80% of them owning their home. Baby boomers have substantially more wealth than younger generations. So with all of that kind of coming into play right now, there are honestly a lot of backstops and a lot of moats built around a lot of strong, key foundational financial pillars of our yep. economy. Yep. And um, we talked about this a couple of years back um, in how 2030 through like 2035 was going to be a huge... Uh, the silver tsunami, like you yeah, were saying. The huge transition of wealth from generation to a next generation. And I think the the thing that gets overlooked on that is 
um, on my side of the street, it's, you know, all these um, qualified accounts and inherited accounts that have to be liquidated in 10 years uh, to non-spousal beneficiaries. But on the other side, there's going to be a ton of real estate and 65 plus communities. And I, and I don't know what's going to happen to them. There's yeah. going to be a lot. There will be more goods than demand for those goods. So I see that as being probably our next big real estate volatility zone is somewhere in there because if you're 55 plus community and you die and you need to sell your house, somebody that's 55 plus has to buy it and want to live there. Yep. And that to me presents a big risk um, because we have so much of that demographic in the next 10 to 15 years, it's going to be transitioning their assets to their heirs. And um, essentially you get stuck with a, between a rock and a hard spot in that kind of situation. So I'm hoping that uh, it doesn't present any huge issues, but people should be planning and making um, note of the fact that in seven years or so, we're going to start seeing a huge transition in the marketplace. And you're going to see a shift from purchasing power from that generation to probably my generation, generation to millennials. Yes, because they're going to get the assets. They're going to start being aged into their careers. Their income should be higher. The generation that I'm worried about is Gen Z because they don't save anything and they they rack up credit card debt and yeah. they just run it. They like, I never thought that I would see. Dude, it's going to be a really interesting. College kids finance burritos. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I saw a post of somebody financing a Chipotle burrito for $2.85 a week. That's ridiculous. <laughs> He's paying off that fourteen dollar burrito. Buy the damn burrito, or don't buy it. But what are you financing a burrito for? That gets that. So, like, this is where it comes to. Um, Do you think that Gen Z is less or more financially literate, even with stupid. the tools that super are dumb. out there and available today? They're the like the dumbest generation, and my brother is in that generation. Idiot. I mean, like he is an. <laughs> idiot when it comes to money. You want to know why? Because my generation, we were fairly independent. You're, you and I, when we got to the point where we could ride our bike and leave the house, we did. And we didn't have cell phones. We, we had to learn how to communicate and live life like a regular person. Yep. Gen Z, they're the most socially awkward people I've ever ran into in my life. They're so used to digging their head behind a keyboard or a phone. They're they have all these made up, I mean, they're a bunch of hypochondriacs. Oh, I have stress. Oh, I have this. Oh, I have that. You're not lying. It's a bunch of- I wish you could, I could say you're babies. lying. And I mean, they're really like garbage. Um, it's the blue hair, yellow hair, green hair generation. It's the weird, uh, let me turn a, a college campus into like an anti-free speech. And if it doesn't agree with me, it's violence. They're a pretty shitty generation, if you're asking me. And I know it sounds ironic coming from the generation before. That's what we all say. But good Lord, it's kind of the writing on the wall. Worst with money. Worst out of all the generations before them. Well, it's almost they're as the if worst. they don't care about it. it they don't like care it's because, demonized. because they're millennial and some millennial parents and baby boomer parents, they're coddlers. Instead of doing the hard thing and, you know, what happened when people used to spank their kids and stuff, my parents whooped my ass out of the purview of everybody else. I mean, who didn't? Any, you find a successful person, you go ask if they were coddled and you're going to find a very small percentage. It's very small. Mark Zuckerberg, maybe. 
I mean, you're not going to find a ton of people that were coddled into being successful. They have gone through strife. They have gone through hardship and they've learned how to be successful through those times. Gen Z, man, you are dropping the absolute ball. And it's sad because you have so much more of an advantage to having technology and you abuse it and you overuse technology and you don't use your brain. And that's the sad part about that, that generation. So they're the worst from investing. They're the worst from social habits and they're the worst for setting up the next generation because they're just going to take those habits and run with them and make them even worse. So let's talk about that a little bit because obviously there's concerns about future generations, right? Not having the right mindset, the right disciplines and habits when it comes to continuing to take the baton and the torch of so many generations that have worked so hard before them to build and accomplish what many of us and many younger generations get to enjoy today as if Mm -hmm. it's just natural and not understanding the progress and the sequence and the hard work and everything that's gone into my parents never what feels like second nature for them my parents never did any of the stuff that people that gen z expect of their parents ever yeah like my parents were in charge and they were they made all the decisions i had a job I wasn't fed money. When I was wrong, I was punished, sometimes physically. It, it, it's, it's called it's, normal. It's just different nowadays. Yeah, it and, is. It is. Everybody's soft. And it feels like capitalism really is under attack. Capitalism is being demonized. It has become something that many younger generations look at in such a negative way. I mean, look at the, look at the, look at Gen Z. They're a bunch of fat. Glasses wearing because they stare at their phones too much. Hypochondriac weirdos. <laughs> Tell I mean, us go how to, you really go to a, go to a college campus. I mean, they're weird. I'm, and with no life experience, I can put myself back when I was 21 and 20 and 19 walking the campus at Sonoma State thinking that I was the shit. I mean, absolute thought I knew what was going down. I was living by myself. I didn't know anything. I couldn't even set aside $5,000 for taxes. When I got my first job, I didn't even know how to do that. And now we got this other generation who's definitely worse than where I was. If I'm looking in the mirror and saying, if I was there, could I be here right now? Absolutely not. And it's because people are so... They do things so ass backwards. It's sad, but it's the truth of what's going on nowadays. So let's think about that a little bit because, you know, there have been a lot of concerns recently in the media about the U.S. dollar. Mm. And so I want, I want you to break this down for us on the realities of it now, short term, and maybe even longer term with future generations coming down the pipeline that are thinking and acting certain types of ways about money and about monetary policy in general, and then just capitalism as the whole of our country and what feels like little tiny chips away at the foundation trying to erode it away. You know, we've had many different countries recently start to kind of make some moves. And What kind I, of countries? So let's talk a little bit about that because are I they, think... Are they developed countries? Pe- people are reading into headlines and have some concerns. Recently, 
you heard, you know, China's yuan has replaced the U.S. dollar as the most traded currency in Russia for the first time. The president of Kenya tells its citizens to get rid of U.S. dollars. India will trade in rupees going forward, ditching the U.S. dollar. So to give you some quick statistics, the share of the U.S. dollar as global reserve currency dropped to 58.4% at the end of Q4 in 2022. This was the dollar's lowest share of global reserve currency since 1994. The euro is the second largest reserve currency with a share of 20.5%. So when you hear statements like this and people are going, oh my gosh, is the is, you know, is Russia and Japan yeah. and China and all of these potential world powers mm-hmm. going to surpass us and dethrone the dollar? What do you say to that narrative? Stupid. <laughs> Give us more. Yeah, not not backed by data. Um, there's zero data that could even. Uh, it would be by, as I said to Matt, well beyond our lifetime and probably our children's lifetime. If everybody today made the decision to get off the U.S. dollar as a world reserve currency, they could totally do it. It would just take probably a hundred to like 130 years. Uh, I'll remind you of some some fun facts. Uh, the IMF just approved another loan to Ukraine. And I will give you an idea what denomination they approved the loan to Ukraine in. Dollars. Um, The yuan could never currently be the reserve currency of the world and is laughed at because if it was the reserve currency of the world, the Chinese government would have to stop pegging it and manipulating the currency and it would crash the Chinese economy because then people would realize what is actually going on versus what is shown to be going on. Third, India trading in rupees on their domestic business is completely fine. That would be like India freaking out about us settling all of our debt in dollars. I mean, what the fuck is going on here? It's they're in India. They're going to trade in rupees. It's their, their, that's their currency. So they're still buying U.S. bonds. They're buying a ton of U.S. military equipment. And they're buying it in dollars. So I don't really care what anybody says. And India has notoriously always made a business-first approach. We saw it when they started buying Russian oil last year. They straight up said, yo, we don't support Russia and what they're doing in Ukraine, but we can't pass up the cost of the oil. We have to do it because of the cost of the oil. It's best for our citizens. We're a developing country. Sorry, not sorry. We're buying the oil. So they're not a country I'm very worried about. I'm definitely not worried about Russia. Uh, may I remind everybody that 30 years ago, Russia failed as a country. So they're about 30 years into being a brand new type of country, but the Soviet Union already tried this before. It don't work. China is too reliant on the U.S. economy to support itself, and therefore they're almost the enemy of my enemy type deal. They, they can't bite the hand that feeds. We can't do it to them very much, but we're definitely more in a position of power because we consume from them. If we just cut off consuming from them, sure, would our cost of goods go up? Absolutely. But as we can see in the past about 24 months, that doesn't really sway the U.S. consumer. They'll just buy less and continue to buy. Mm-hmm. So, what, And it'll crush them in the process. It, it absolutely would. So all of this stuff about the, it's the same thing that I will say about the banking stuff. It's a load of crap. It's simply to get clicks and what make you watch the news there there's no destabilization or dethroning of the u.s dollar it's not going to happen it will it people can talk and say or do whatever they want um but the, the 
International Monetary Fund is who's going to make the decision. And I guarantee you they're not going to go off the US dollar. Guaranteed. It's not going to happen. Um, but if you believe that it is, you probably have 50% of your portfolio in Bitcoin. So you know what? You can lead a horse <laughs> to water and you can't force it to drink. So even with right BRICS nations, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. Who are those? They're not even important. Trying. Russia can't even beat Russia can't even beat a country one thirtieth of the size of it in a war where they you think I'm worried about that? They can't even handle their own business. And, and they're going to dethrone the U.S. as the world financial power. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest one is mostly China, right? People are concerned about China continuing to make moves that economically put them in a stronger position to the funniest part about cut U.S. out of a lot of the, you know, the funniest international part about trade the moves that China's are doing is they think it's dis disinflationary and the results of their actions are actually causing inflationary pressures in their economy. So it's not, it's not what, if you see it on the news, it's probably not true. Unless they say your name and it's your picture and you're like, wow, that's me. But if you get finance news from the news, first of all, it's old news by that point. And you're, you're just as good as Jim Cramer, who we all know that he, he's garbage at making investment calls. But you can go listen to him all day, every day, talk about investments, talk about what to do, and he's typically pretty much 100% wrong. Those are the type of people people are getting their investment advice from. And it, it's shocking and it's sad um, that, that people would... A program that on Monday will tell you that there's a massive market sell-off and you need to be positioning for something. And then on Friday, tell you that the market's back in a bull rally you need to buy. It's, it's just kind of ridiculous. It's entertainment. You have to stop treating your investments like an entertainment thing or a slot machine. Buy quality, buy long, don't sell. Get rich. I love um, kind of going back to timing of the market. and We can wrap it up on this. Uh, Sir Isaac Newton's Nightmare do you, oh yeah, do you, yeah. The the shipping company, right? South Sea Stock. Yeah, December he, seventeen eighteen to December seventeen twenty one. So this is kind of a three year timeline. This will be the same story as Bitcoin too. So listen close. So Sir Isaac Newton invested a bit in early of seventeen eighteen, mm -hmm. and he exited relatively happy with a small gain. Uh, when you know people started telling him that hey the market's getting a little volatile you should probably get out so he got out then he saw a bunch of his friends who stayed invested the whole time getting rich and the market continued to climb continued to climb continued to climb was getting hot does it sound any bit similar to what we've experienced over the last couple of years yep and so he re-entered the market when Every newspaper headline was talking about how hot the stock market was and this South Sea stock was the one. So he got in with a lot of his overall financial capacity invested into this one stock and it tanked in late 1720, early 1721. He exited at three points, each one as a lower leg of the stock and ultimately was worse off financially than he was when he began investing in early 1718. So it just goes back to that reminder of nobody can predict what bank is going to potentially go out like SBV or what stock is going to split and crush it like Tesla or what's going to go on with the mm -hmm. Ukraine war. It's 
if you're committed to playing the game, you stay in the game. Like there's there's gonna be seasons where you strike out two at bats, and then all of a sudden the next two at bats, metaphorically, you get a single and you hit a triple, and all of a sudden you got a couple points up on the scoreboard now. But if you play the game for the entirety of the entire game, which again, when we're talking about the length of this game, I'm talking about until the day I die. Mm-hmm. So I'm staying invested the entire time until the day I die. Now, there will be strategic shifts and pivots and moves Things you make along the yes, way, Yes, but you stay invested. Yep. And you keep investing more and more and more because that's the investment that you want to consistently grow over time by remaining in the game. So I just think it's really important to remind ourselves that in light of whatever headline, good or bad, you're reading to have a very sound foundational plan. And that's why I revisit that plan with you. That's why many people take advantage of the free financial x-rays, right? If you want that x-ray, 844-447-1555 to stay intimate with your plan and make sure that it's doing what it should be doing. And if it's not, what are the tweaks or adjustments you make along the way, not stop doing, you know, in terms of getting out and sitting on the sideline, but just making necessary adjustments and pivots just as a good coach does with his players when they're not necessarily doing what they should be doing, right? To get better results. Let's try this. Let's tweak that. But they're not ultimately quitting the sport. No, it's as simple as eating. If you stop eating, you're going to die. You just edit the way that you eat over over your entire life to continuously be healthy and healthy and improve your lifestyle. You have to do the same thing with investing. It's not any more complicated than that. So we're going to continue to stay in the game with you guys for you guys and hope that each and every week you come back and you step back into that batter's box with us. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel as well as the podcast. If you're not subscribed, leave a review. We appreciate it. It enters you in for a hundred dollar Amazon monthly gift card drawing. Mm. And don't forget to check out millionermindcast.com. We got all kinds of great stuff in the store and all kinds of resources online as well. With that being said, Keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your March to a million and beyond. We'll see you guys in next week's episode. Cheers, y'all. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Money Moves. Be sure to tune in next week for more news and updates. And if you got some value from today's show, all we ask is that you take two minutes and leave a review in iTunes, where by doing so, you're going to get entered into win a $100 gift card. Also, don't forget to take advantage of Ryan's free financial x-ray on your investment portfolio. And to do so, all you have to do is text the word x-ray to 844-447-1555. What we have found by offering this out is most people have no idea what they're being charged from a fee perspective or really in most cases overcharged and whether or not their current investment and financial plan is actually aligned with what they're trying to accomplish. And this is something that Ryan and his amazing team do for all of our listeners for free. So be sure to take them up on that. Again, that's x-ray, one word, 844-447-1555. Also, if you're an accredited investor and you're not on my deals list, be sure to text the word deals to 844-447-1555 to be notified of the private investment offerings my team and I put out and last Don't forget to check out all the amazing products and resources that we offer to our Millionaire Mindcast family at MillionaireMindcast.com. Whether that's one-on-one coaching with me, mastermind events, calculators, the Rich Life Planner for those looking to take their goal setting and productivity to the next level, we've got all kinds of great and valuable tools available at MillionaireMindcast.com.
With that being said, that's all for this week. Until next week's episode, keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your March 2 million and beyond. Cheers, my friends.